running. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. Welcome back to my channel, aka your favorite fake news site. I took a little hiatus, but I'm back. Thank you so much for being so patient while I had a little bit of time off to celebrate my birthday last week. I turned the big 3-0, which COVID attempted to ruin. They literally put Sydney into a three-day snap lockdown over my birthday weekend. The one weekend I decided to leave my house and venture outside and they say no can do. I literally have the worst birthday omens. One year I got dumped by my boyfriend. The year after that, I organized a birthday party with like 200 people for my 21st. And my boyfriend gave me gastro the night before and I had to cancel the whole thing. I literally had like 200 people coming, all of this food catered for that I had to pay for, mind you, and people traveling in from everywhere. Then after that, I pretty much just stopped celebrating my birthday and last year I was in lockdown and then this year in a semi-lockdown again. Hashtag first world problems. But I did manage to celebrate still, sitting down with no dancing or singing, mind you, but I made up for the no singing and no dancing with spicy margaritas. Anyway, moral of the story is I am officially old and senile. Now to be a cougar like Melissa and find a man seven weeks my junior and make a podcast about it. Let's get into today's episode because this episode is honestly such a mixed bag of goss. I've covered all bases and it is hotter than JLo at the Super Bowl. And it is my birthday gift to you because I am a generous and charitable woman. Coming up today... We've had some very busy Married at First Sight and Bachelor stars about town, and it seems Brisbane's Mr. Percival's has come up again as the scene of the crime. To the surprise of literally no one, it seems that Bryce has been a very busy boy again, both on his phone and around Australia. I've got some intel on Below Deck Down Under, which is currently filming in Australia at the moment, and let's just say it is anchors away. Love Island Australia is busy recruiting hard at the moment, and they are desperately targeting some very familiar faces. Reality TV shows do not like straying too far away from who they know and who's ready to go as the reality TV pyramid scheme reaches new heights. I've also got a few Big Brother spoilers, including details about the intruders who are joining the house next week. And in so exclusive, I present to you the most powerful gaslighter I've ever seen. And guess who it is? Channel 9. How did the network respond to those who complained to the show? And is it enough to make us see the light for next season? And finally, the tea you have all been waiting for. Did Jake Edwards get his new love's tattoo just a little bit too early? Many of you have been suspecting that Jake and Sophie have broken up after she wiped her social media accounts clean of Jake this week. So... Has the honeymoon period lasted for less time than my ex is in bed? Find out in So Scandalous later on in the episode. Plus, multiple women have also come forward claiming that they were also seeing Jake during filming. So there wasn't just one girl as Beck claimed last episode. Apparently, there is multiple. The last segment about Jake and Sophie is 
honestly enough to put the last 10 years of Home and Away to shame. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. Okay, let's get into our celebrity sightings of the week. There is a lot to get through today. You have all been very busy little FBI agents. Spotted, Married at First Sight star Liam Cooper at Big Gay Out. The fellow festival goers said, okay, hectic night here in Brisbane. I saw Jason at Felons at Howard Smith Wharves and he was swanning around like an asshole. Then I saw Liam, who is an actual angel at Cloudland after Big Gay Out and he was so lovely and I totally fangirled him and he was so kind and not even freaked out by me. Wow. Jason swanning around like an asshole and Liam being an actual angel. Surprise, surprise. Maybe the show is less scripted than we thought as those two seem to be embodying their on-screen characters. Spotted Juliet from Bachelor working as a hostess at Zephyr Bar at Hyatt Regency. She was working on the front desk and showing people to their tables. Good to see that Juliet has found a nine to five job, or should I say five to nine, Get that bread, girl. Make that money, honey. Someone get Juliet a Fruity Lexia and a TikTok star to DM her. She has earned it. Spotted Josh from Love Island at the Geelong Hotel with a mate chatting up some 18-year-olds and doing a tour of the kitchen and its surroundings. Wait, (laughs) doesn't Josh have a girlfriend? Sips tea and by tea, I mean tequila. Spotted Johnny, as in Johnny and Kerry from Married at First Sight, at Snackman in Brisbane, Kerry Less. Probably not that interesting, they said, but I've never run into a celebrity before. I'll give him the finger on the way out for being biphobic. <laughs> R.I.P. me, cremate me, throw my ashes into the ocean and play Little John and the East Side Boys after hearing that. Spotted Jason, so much for the quiet weekend. Old party boy Jason promised on his Instagram. My girlfriend bumped into him at Mr. Percival's in Brisbane last night. Ha ha ha. Don't even know why she would get a photo with the Gronk. (laughs) Me either. I would seriously rather put my foot in a blender. There is seriously more drama at Mr. Percival's than on this podcast. I need to start recording there live on Saturday nights or something. P.S. They still owe me a free booth and a bar tab from the Jamie Doran and Naranga saga. I have not forgotten about that. When I go to Brisbane, I will be hitting them up for all of this free publicity. Spotted Bryce and Melissa, the person wrote. Spotted today, Mr. and Mrs. Flog, brackets, Bryce and Melissa, taking photos outside Vogue Dental Studios, brackets, Dr. D. Bryce was showing off his new fake teeth. Wow, looks like Jason Roses was right after all. So this week, Jason Roses posted a Married at First Sight checklist. Let me just read out what he wrote. He said, maths checklist. One, get free teeth. Two, release a podcast. Three, VIP tables at nightclubs. And by VIP tables, the booth at the local RSL with a free schnitty and chips. (laughs) But gravy is extra. Then he said, I didn't realize all Married at First Sight contestants get free veneers when they sign up to the show. So he posted that literally before Bryce got his free veneers. So Jason, you're a little bit psychic, my friend. I honestly have secondhand embarrassment just knowing of Bryce, like (laughs) let alone being in like the same vortex as him. My God. 
And weirdly, Melissa's teeth weren't even on his laundry list of complaints that he had about her physical appearance on the show. So God knows what cosmetic surgery they are going to be getting next. Watch this space. Okay, the next one is so juicy. Spotted, Bryce again. God, this guy gets around, doesn't he? Literally and physically. Bryce in Darwin soaking up the sun with no sign of Melissa. The onlooker at the hotel said... He was all by himself for a few hours on his phone at the pool, but I haven't seen him or Melissa together since. They also sent in photos of Bryce poolside and alone side, which I have shared on my Instagram at so dramatic podcast underscore. Before I was sent these photos, I actually got another little tip, which gives the photos even more meaning. So the tip came from someone in Darwin who spoke to Bryce during that tacky nightclub appearance, and they said... Bryce was drunk last night and bragging that he's paying no rent in Melbourne and not working. He was texting another girl the entire time he was at the club and in Darwin. He was openly telling people about this. Every time Alyssa wasn't around, he was all about his phone. Bryce, 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 Bryce. The lion, the witch and the audacity of this bitch. Like the actual boldness of this man defies logic. So he's on holidays with Melissa and literally texting other bitches. Are you still texting bitches? Yes or no? They're- Are you still texting bitches? Yes or no? They're- Are you still texting bitches? Yes or no? Seems like Bryce hasn't changed his behavior at all since Married at First Sight finished filming. Bryce, you should be careful that you don't get RSI or worse, an STI. I cannot wait for this woman that Bryce is allegedly texting to come forward. Girl, if you're listening, hit me up. When you're ready. Pending Bryce doesn't threaten or blackmail her after hearing this himself. So after getting this little nugget of information, I literally could not unhear it. I couldn't wipe it from my memory. And then as I was looking at every single pap photo of Byron that popped up of him in Darwin, he was literally on his phone. I saw at least five sets of photos where he was busily texting away. Some of them were with Melissa, some of them without Melissa. Google it and see for yourselves. I'm not making this shit up. He did say, though, that he was ordering Uber Eats, but how much Uber Eats does one need to survive? Bryce honestly needs a muzzle over his entire body at this point. He has surpassed the use of the descriptive word super spreader. That word is now redundant on this podcast, and he makes Kieran Stott look like a virgin in comparison. Perhaps Bryce, the unemployed man living in Melbourne, could get a career in teaching men how to be average, yet still pull plenty of women. Oh, wait. (laughs) Men don't need a leader in that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, speaking of said tacky nightclub appearance, someone actually contacted the Darwin nightclub called Discovery that Bryce was a patron, guest, special guest, VIP. Yeah, VIP, I would say. His dreams of being a VIP finally came true. Congratulations to Bryce. Anyway, they contacted them to express their disgust at promoting Bryce at their venue. Let me read out their response or lack thereof, really. So they wrote, I was excited to come and visit you guys while I was in Darwin next week. However, I now will not be and I will be telling my friends not to either. The fact you have a homophobic slash racist man dot 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 sorry young boy and the other three contestants from maths who are just as bad and some who have physically and verbally abused women really makes me believe that you do not respect women or the women who come to your club yes girl (laughs) go off 
I would just fear for my safety and I would not want to put anyone at the risk of coming here if this is what you stand for. A good club would want their customers to feel safe and have fun. You clearly do not stand for this. Then Discovery Darren replied, <laughs> Unfortunately, Chloe, with all our guests, some are really popular <laughs> and others not so popular. And obviously Bryce is the latter. They said, of course, if you find it not to your taste, I would encourage you not to attend. Bryce and Melissa <laughs> were a huge hit and met several of their fans last week. Just seven? There were, of course, people who did not attend or did attend but didn't meet the math stars. That is each person's personal choice. I wouldn't force my personal beliefs on anyone in a public space such as a nightclub. I think you should also remember... Married at First Sight is a TV show, highly scripted, and you see snippets of what they choose to show. We are so sorry we cannot cater to your specific needs on this occasion. Hold up. Did they miss Bryce spitting on the security guard at the nightclub? Did they miss Bryce bagging out Beck's looks? Did they miss Bryce trolling people on Instagram? I could go on, but we digress. Then Chloe replied and said, If this is what you stand for, then no woman or LGBTQI plus person will ever be safe at your club, whether those contestants are there or not. It's really upsetting. Discovery Darwin said, Thank you for your feedback, Chloe. I'm sorry that you have taken issue with this specific event. I would do some research into how invested Discovery is in the LGBTQI community before making statements like the above. We do understand all acts slash artists are not for everyone. And again, on this occasion, I apologize that this event is not suited to you. I hope you enjoy your Darwin visit. <laughs> Since when was Bryce an artist? I mean, a con artist, maybe. Chloe then said, yes, I have seen what you usually do for the community. It's sad that you would put us at risk like this. You were doing such a great job until you made us feel unsafe. I will pass this on to my fellow members. Thank you for your prompt reply. I will look for a safer place. All the best. Chloe is the hero we all didn't know that we needed. Well done, Chloe. Now, from all reports, the club is as dirty as the boys themselves, so perhaps it was the perfect brand partnership after all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, let's talk about another boy in the water below deck. Exciting news hot off the press. I can confirm that there is an Australian spin-off show in the works, should I say water, which is currently being filmed in Airlie Beach, Queensland, my old stomping ground. Yes, I used to live there. Well, I lived on Hamilton Island close by, which is where the show is going to be filmed. Now, for those who aren't familiar with this series, it follows the dramatic lives of those working aboard a glamorous super yacht and has been successful enough to charter eight seasons and two spin-off seasons. And it is a huge show overseas as well as here. I shared this news on Instagram this week after a listener got in touch to tell me this bit of hot tea because her husband has a boat on the same port and they were setting up for production in Airlie Beach, aka the gateway to the Whitsunday Islands. So her husband sent her photos of the below deck boat and wrote, you're going to lose your shit. Below deck is being filmed here. I then followed this up with the woman and she said race week, which is happens in Hamilton Island every year in August. She thinks that they're going to spectate on that. And then she said that she thinks they might even go up as far north as Lizard Island. So then she said, if they do, we will go out in our yacht and spy for you. So stay tuned for that. Then she added that the boat's new name for the season is Thalassa, Greek meaning for sea. Now, after sharing this little bit of hot tea, guess who commented under 
the So Dramatic post on Instagram. None other than Ashling Lauder from Below Deck Season 8, who is an Aussie from Noosa. She wrote, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. So it seems like she's alluding to the fact that not only is it true, but she may also be starring on it on the crew. Now, I have had so many insiders come forward to share intel about the production of Below Deck in Australia. I am literally drowning in tip-offs about this, so bear with me while I go through them. A second source tells So Dramatic, can confirm Australian Below Deck. I have been in touch with some of the people in charge regarding products for use on board the ship. Filming commences very soon. I didn't get much more info other than that they're filming mid-May through to the end of June around the Sundays, and they said it would stream through Netflix as well as other digital platforms. A third source dishes, this below deck news. I thought my friend was lying, laughing face emoji. He's not well off at all and was approached by producers because he has been on first dates a couple of times. By the sounds of it, production are covering all costs. I will try to get some more info for sure. So far, all I know is that he's going on the boat in June and told me that everything has been covered by producers in terms of cost. A fourth source (laughs) dished. My friend who is American got approached to do it with a group of his American friends. His friend applied via Instagram and they are doing it. They fly out next week. Apparently, it's all Australian staff. But I assume a lot of the production team will be from America. I don't get why they wanted American guests, question mark. A fifth source said, RE below deck, can confirm I was asked to go on with friends. They would fly us up to Queensland and we just had to share the $20,000 tip between the eight of us. A sixth source said, can confirm below deck is definitely being shot in Sundays. I was up there sailing the other week when a crew member told me that it would start shooting in the coming weeks and I know of two people involved in the production from Sydney who will be staying in Airlie Beach the next two months. A seventh source said, coming at you with some hot tea today, a birthday gift for you. And they put a little cake emoji, cute. I saw your post about Below Deck in Australia. This is an email from one of the producers which outlines what's involved to be a guest. Don't you love the, we understand times are hard, so you only need to pay the tip. All right, they've sent the email. Let me read it out now. We really look forward to welcoming you aboard the super yacht on the Wit Sundays for Below Deck's first ever season down under. Attached is your contract. Please complete and return to us today. Following this, we will send over the wire details for you to pay the sum agreed with your group. Then it cuts off. Hold on, let me get part two. So I'm missing a little bit, but then it picks up and it says, cruising mid-May through to June, if you and your guests would be interested in jumping aboard, the eight guests would have exclusive use of the super yacht at a highly discounted rate. The beauty of this series is that the charter guests are real, paying customers with an expectation of the highest standards. The discounted rate for the super yachts would be a three-day charter is $52,000 Australian, A four-day charter is $59,000 Australian, plus a tip, which is a minimum of $19,500 on top of the charter fee. They then did a disclaimer and said, however, as mentioned, we understand times are hard so that the network are happy to consider the offer of just the tip for you. However, to be realistic, an offer of some of the charter fee will certainly be favorable. I mean, if you're making payment optional, who the hell is going to pay? Let us know if you have any questions around this. Happy to discuss further. This is what is included in the charter fee. 
round-trip airfare, economy class for all eight guests, three nights hotel for all guests, two nights before the charter and one night after the charter, three to four days on the luxury yacht that is fully staffed, a private chef, 24 hours service on the yacht, all food and alcohol on the yacht, transportation from airport to hotel, hotel to dock and back, all water toys and most water excursions, charter fuel and dock fees. I honestly think that $19,500 for eight people is a bargain on a luxury super yacht. I'm kind of devo that they didn't ask me. My invite must have got lost in the mail. Now, I have looked up the boat that they are using, which they have named Thalassus, and it is nothing short of spectacular. It is a 54-meter motor yacht, custom-built in 2001, styled with rich mahogany and olive ash burl woods, interior features, French (laughs) antiques, beauty salon and massage room, shallow draft ideal for the Bahamas. It sleeps 12 guests, it has six cabins, and it's got 12 crew members. There is also a movie theater on here, satellite TV, a gym, a beauty room, air conditioning, a deck jacuzzi. It sounds fucking lavish. Oh, and they've got the following recreational activities. Three-seat Yamaha Wave Runner, water skis, sea biscuit, dive compressor with scuba gear, two kayaks, a wakeboard, towable toys and beach games. Then it lists how much this costs to hire out during the season. So a usual charter in the summer for high season will set you back approximately 291,500 euros. In the winter, in the high season, you'll be set back approximately 250,000 euros. Crazy. So yes, I feel like that is a literal bargain for $19,000 for eight people. Not only that, but this is the same boat I am told that was used in the movie Fool's Gold. Let's just hope Matthew McConaughey comes with the boat as well. And if that's the case, maybe it's time for me to have my reality TV debut. Oh my God, oh my God. This week, Love Island announced that they are casting for the next season of the show. Turns out they are not looking for fresh faces. They are looking for very familiar faces, people with experience. Several former reality stars have been approached to star in the new series, including The Bachelors Leilani, Laura, Shannon, and Nick are among the few who have been asked that I know about. A source tells me that they were also trying to recruit Newcastle Knights player Connor Watson for the show as well. Plus, our favourite meme girl, Winnie Blues, also received a request from producers to apply. (laughs) Now, they must be having a little bit of trouble casting for this show because they were also seen handing out business cards in a cafe in Bondi yesterday. So they are definitely on the prowl. Producers on this show seem very desperate. More desperate than me at a nightclub on a Saturday night. Now, don't they know the cardinal rule of dating? Be mean, keep them keen. Another person on Instagram said that they were also approached for the series, and this is what they said. They told me they were looking for hot singles to be on their new season of Love Island and asked if I would be willing to come for an interview with them. I ignored it as I'm not about that reality TV clout, and I genuinely want to find love the normal fucking way. I then got a message from my modelling agency saying that they had also received a call out from them, and they told me that it would be great for my career. To which we were both like, WTF, no. These producers are hungry, I tell (laughs) you. And again, my invite must have got lost in the mail. Oh my God, oh my God. Spoiler alert ahead. 
next week on Big Brother, six more intruders are entering the house. Look, I actually haven't been watching this show and I'm so ashamed to admit it because it seems amazing. So forgive me. I'm a little bit out of the loop on it all, but I will tell you what I know. The intruders have to do a challenge before entering the house on Monday night. So not all of them will actually become fully fledged housemates. I'm told that only two of them actually make it to enter the house. Now, this is who is joining the show. Twin sisters, Alexandra and Charlotte McChrystal. They are bloggers and influencers. Very stunning. I've actually posted a gallery of all of the new Big Brother intruders on Instagram. So go on there and have a look so you can put a face to the name. There is also a guy called Brenton Balicki. He's a chef. Now, he's going to hook up with Christina and they have a romance in the house and there is a return of the dancing Duna. They play a little bit of tonsil tennis, apparently. So obviously, Brendan is one of the two who enter the house. The third intruder is a blonde woman named Adriana Fernandez. She is a stylist. The fourth is a guy called Gabe. He is a food blogger and looks like a lot of fun. Then we have another guy who looks like our CEO super spreader, Lockie Gilbert. His name is Mitch Giles. He's a tattoo artist, so maybe he will replace our reformed original super spreader after all. Also, I just want to clear something up. There were rumors floating about this week that the final three contestants on Big Brother are SJ, Christina and Marley. Now, I can confirm that this is not true. That is not the top three, but I'm not going to say who the top three is because I know that you guys are really, really enjoying the show and it is a competition based show. So I don't want to give it away because I know a lot of you cannot resist by skipping ahead. So I'll spoil it a little bit closer. Oh my god, oh my god. Now, I know we started with Bryce, but let's finish with Bryce for this segment. As usual, he's taking up the entire show, getting the most airtime out of everyone. Now, this is nothing we don't already know, but I'm just going to include it so we can confirm what I've been reporting on for weeks slash months on this crappy podcast. I got a message from a girl who said, please block out my name or make me anonymous. So one of my girlfriends is good friends with Bryce's ex, Lana, and he's seriously a piece of shit. He threatened her not to share anything of their past relationship and things he's done as he used to film her when they had fights and he uses that as blackmail against her. He is just the scum of the earth. Now, this wasn't the only person who wrote in with tea about Bryce this week. Another woman said that she was actually hooking up with Bryce in 2016 when he was with his girlfriend slash fiance, Lana. Let me read out what she said. Hi, Megan. You're probably sick of these messages by now, but I just thought I would add my bit. Please keep me anonymous. In 2016, I moved back to my hometown after a really sad breakup. After a few months, I felt I needed to be with another man as part of the moving on process. So I got on Tinder to meet a no strings kind of guy. I matched with Bryce. He told me he had a girlfriend and that he was looking for casual sex. I initially declined, but had an agenda of my own, so later agreed to meet him. I went to his house that he lived in with his girlfriend while she was at soccer and we slept together. That continued for about six months until he moved into state for a radio gig. He said he was going to break it off with her before he went, but she moved with him when they got engaged. My friend told her what was going on and he said, yeah, don't worry about it. He's sleeping with a lot of people. I've changed my number recently, so I don't have any messages from him, but I did find some proof in my WhatsApp. Now, she has sent me the WhatsApp messages. Let me read them out now. I'll just pick a few messages. I'll pick the funny ones because it goes on for quite a bit. So this is what she texts her friend at the time. 
She said, I think my positive view of relationships is being ruined by this Bryce guy, though. He is ruthless. I just can't understand it. And then the friend was like, haha, really? Why? And she said, he shows no empathy. He's so casual about it. I just don't get it. Then the friend was like, I guess if it's something they both do as if it's not exclusive. Then she said, he's never asked me not to talk about it with others. He's never bothered to tell me his girlfriend's name to see if I know her and might tell her. He's answered a call from her sitting right next to me and he'll just be like, oh, she's at soccer on Friday night, so I'm free then. Like, so casual about it. Then the friend is like, weird, do you know her name? (laughs) Let's stalk her. And then they wrote Lana's name. No empathy, ruthless, so casual about cheating. So it's literally what we've been saying all along. Bryce has sociopath tendencies. Maybe he should put that as a skill on his resume when he's looking for a new job. Oh, and answering calls from his girlfriend whilst next to the girl that he's cheating on. Seems like a leopard really doesn't change their spots as mentioned above. Oops. I just remembered that Bryce wanted me to stop calling out his shitty behavior. Tough titties, baby. If you want me to stop reporting on it, you will have to stop doing it first. Also, side note... Bryce went on like a three-hour rampage about me and a number of other contestants on his Instagram story, Instagram live, sorry, this week. I have honestly been mentioned on his Instagram page more times than he's had affairs. Unemployment looks even better on you than gaslighting did, Bryce. I unfortunately didn't tune in to the three-hour bullying festival. I am told that he called Alana and Beck psychos called every other woman fake, slammed me, badmouthed everyone, and then had the gall to talk about how his mental health has been so affected from people's comments. Bryce was bagging people at the same time he was trying to flog his upcoming video on anti-bullying. Total train wreck, one person said. Another person said, Bryce just called Alana a psycho on his live chat with Jason. All he's doing is bagging out Beck, Alana, and so dramatic. It's disgusting. I reported the live as hate speech. So over men like this. Me too. Then Bryce was also inciting people to come and bash me and fight me. So that was lovely to see. And it was lovely to see Melissa and a Daily Mail reporter joining in on the bullying as well. Oh, and then there was an appearance from Steve Burley and Nick Furthy. Steve Burley told a woman to go and die and then they were all laughing about it. So love to see that. That's really charming. So yes, I didn't get to see much of it, but from all reports and from the highlights that I got sent, it was a meeting of fuckboys and more awkward than a year eight dance. P.S. Bryce, let me remind you of the golden rule of this game since you're new around here. Any publicity is good publicity. Thank you for the clicks. And as Bella Varelis would say, thank you for the free publicity. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So will you confirm or deny? At least you're honest with me. So exclusive. I'm going to use this segment to discuss a very important topic. It has been brought to my attention that since Married at First Sight wrapped and many people complained to the network about the behavior that we all witnessed on screen, the disgusting, toxic behavior, the gaslighting, abusive and manipulative tactics, which turned many viewers off the show and turned to letter writing to the network, asking them to take some ownership for this behavior. And it turns out that Channel 9 must be a fan of the gaslighting and deflection that we saw on screen 
because as it turns out, they do it off screen themselves as well. I had about 10 people alone contact me to say that they wrote into the network to complain and they all got the exact same response. Channel 9 and their formal complaints department showing how much they cared about the on-screen behavior to the viewers who expressed that they were triggered by it. One listener wrote to me and said, my friend and I also submitted a response and we got the exact same letter back, word for word. So they're not even tailoring their response to the people's individual complaints. It was a terrible response already, but the fact that it's generic makes it even worse. They literally do not care. A second person said, I've just seen the post from a few days back where a listener sent in their complaint letter from Channel 9. I found it really interesting because I just received a response to my complaint today and the classification is now an M rating compared to the one that was shown by you as a PG. I've gone through in detail but thought perhaps you may want to compare. Seems like Channel 9 are doing blanket responses. Thanks and appreciate all of the podcasts highlighting the abuse from Married at First Sight. A third person said, I also made a complaint to Channel 9 about Bryce's treatment of Melissa and how they are enabling family violence. I got the exact same response as that other girl did. My colleague also made a complaint and she got the exact same letter response too. So clearly they are just sending people the exact same letters. They do not give a shit. And the response didn't even answer my complaint at all. It just said that it wasn't against the code. Such bullshit. So... What does this two-page letter say? Well, it speaks as verbose as Bryce and manages to deflect every bit of ownership. Dear Miss Blank, we write in response to your complaint received on date regarding Married at First Sight. We understand that you've raised concerns with the content of the program. The letter continues that they have a code of practice, surprise, surprise, of which the content produced on the show complied with. Then we were blessed with this paragraph. Married at First Sight is a reality program and involves a social experiment in which strangers are matched and married. The experiment involves a number of individuals who each have different opinions about their ideal relationship and part of the interest of the program relates to the respective views of each participant, the diversity of those views and the way in which they navigate these differences with their new partners. The views expressed by participants at their own and in the context of a reality program reflect a wide range of attitudes to relationships in order to continue to the discourse of the debate on what makes a successful relationship. I mean, the diversity claim aside, as I don't even have time to begin to unpack that, if they are referring to any attitude, including Bryce's abusive hideous behavior being somewhat part of a successful relationship, I honestly shudder to think what they consider unsuccessful. And here I am thinking my dating life was a disaster. It goes on, whilst Married at First Sight seeks to capture and convey the views of participants in order to provide a true portrayal of their characters, keyword characters. I thought that they weren't acting. I thought that they weren't contestants. I thought they were just participants. Anyway, we digress. The views expressed by the participants are each to their own and not the views of nine. Their statements and behavior are unscripted and captured by the program as part of the social experiment. We do note that participants are offered psychological support and assistance, which appropriately occurs in an off-camera context. But what they mean by that 
is it is then relayed to the head producer, which Jamie filled us in on in her interview. They said, therefore, the fact that a participant is not shown receiving assistance does not indicate that they received no support or that the program does not take seriously the issues of the health and well-being of participants. I mean, up until now, are we meant to believe that their behavior is completely like without the influence of producers? (laughs) And the fact that they can sit idly by and allow scary and intimidating behavior to take place, yet provide some sort of psych support as like a silver lining to this incredibly dark cloud and abuse. The letter continues on about how they are aware that bullying is a serious issue. It says the code of practice doesn't preclude broadcasters from depicting behavior that falls within these categories. It then goes on to reason why the program has a PG rating. So it's cool for young people, I guess, to be exposed to this level of toxicity in Channel 9's eyes. But why wouldn't it be? They're cool with it as well. They said, we also note that there are a range of behaviours in the community that may be considered unpalatable, i.e. Bryce himself, or confronting to watch, i.e. Bryce himself. Nine's obligation is to ensure that the material it broadcasts copies with the code and the relevant classification criteria. The program did not feature detailed or graphic verbal references to sexual activity and to the extent the program contained adult themes, they were handled with care. Further, it is an important aspect of the program that the views and behaviours of the participants are the subject of review and discussion both by other participants and the panel of experts, (laughs) which is laughable in itself. Again, with a view to contributing to the discovery about relationships. The letter goes on and continues and says that they regret that the letter writer felt the need to write the letter, i.e. automated response, Channel 9 is honestly the fuckboy saying, I'm sorry your behavior made you feel sad. Channel 9 is the embodiment of deflection. Am I honestly being gaslit by a whole media conglomerate now? Like, is this what it's come to? That was the longest road to saying, fuck you, I will do what I want. Seriously, the mention of these so-called panel of experts as being a contribution to relationship discourse is a weak response. I honestly (laughs) would have felt more satisfied if they were just honest and just wrote back like, hey babe, yeah, but it made for good TV though, didn't it? With like a little winky face at the end. I also contacted Channel 9 for a comment in regards to this automated response, as well as while I was there, kill two birds with one stone with one email, I also asked them about the allegations made about the executive producer Tara McWilliams and other producers on Married at First Sight by Beck and Jamie on the recent interviews on this podcast. But true to form, they are yet to respond and that was a week ago. Warning. Oh my God. Okay, let's focus. Guys, I have split today's episode up into two separate episodes purely because it was just so long and I have had a bit of feedback from people saying that when they're scrolling through the episodes, they can't find certain things because there's like so much tea jam packed into the one episode. So I have split it up. You're still getting the same amount of content, if not more. So if you want to listen to part two of this episode, which is the So Scandalous segment, the little detective segment, I'm going to be unpacking Sophie and Jake's message breakup which I know everyone has been dying to hear about it is truly a saga 
a Martin Scorsese drama. So it truly deserved an entire episode of its own. You will see what I mean when you go and listen. So jump over to episode 74 right now for that tea. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So dramatic with Megan Pacetto.